for a little after kickoff. Yeah, who watched a lot of football yesterday? No? No, I didn't. Okay, I watched a lot of football yesterday. I see a lot of people in their family gear, not a single person in their Bills gear. And if I'd have known that, I, I would have worn it, but then I, I'd have gotten in trouble if I wore my shirt while I was preaching. Um, if you want to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, we want to look at just a couple of scriptures in there as we've been kind of digging through, um, well, Pastor Billy was digging through Jonah and, and walking us through Jonah and digging through this this idea of resetting, that we're resetting our lives in order to better um, be better equipped in this world to reach people uh, for Jesus. And as he was uh, uh, going through that, I, I began to think of these verses. It's Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, verses uh, 13 and following. And I began to think, especially this this weekend, as as things begin to semi turn back to normal, and by normal I mean you know kind of the way and rhythm of our life. The more my heart aches that my mind wouldn't let that happen. So this is what I mean that I would not just go back into my normal rhythms of life. That I wouldn't go back into my normal everyday pattern of my life. That I would realize because I think in this time what what has happened is I've realized that this world is in more desperate need than probably I thought of or that I realized, or at least it wasn't, in my opinion, uh, desperate and need enough for me to really kind of get involved as I should, as I have been called to do. And so as Pastor Billy was walking us through um, uh, Jonah and, and, and pushing us to, to get out into the world and that, um, that we are needed, that we are needed to come, we are needed to, to be here, these are the verses I began to think of. And it reads this way, Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 13 and following, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if its salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and be trampled under people's feet. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on the stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, also, while this has been going on, our staff has been looking and going over our values as a church. And one of our values as a church is that we are consensus. And actually, I heard, I think I heard Seth say it this morning when he was talking to somebody that that is actually what we're doing. We are contending on the behalf or contending for reign of heaven. As we gather together and as we pray and as we lift them up and we call out to God, we are contending for his kingdom. And when we were going through this as a staff, I, I, I encouraged the staff, one of the biggest things uh, to contending is that you have to actually step in the ring. You really can't, you know, if you're talking about boxing, you, you can't contend unless you get in. Now, in our world today, they give you a medal if it's close enough, right? They give you, as long as you're close enough to the ring, they give you a medal. But in the real world, in the real world, you don't win anything unless you contend. So as I began to just think about those things and, and, and the series on Jonah, these verses just kept coming over and over in my mind and, and kind of permeating my heart. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And I realized one of the ways that we contend is that we are the light. You know, we, we live in a very dark time. And if you don't realize it, turn on the news. If you don't realize it, flip through your Netflix and see what kind of things they're showing you haven't been watching. Look look at what's going on. We live 
in a very, very dark time. And God is calling us to be the light. Now, in my house, we have three kids, and they're all fascinated with flashlights. Every single one of them. We have flashlights every, oh, this doesn't work. Please don't take that. So we have flashlights everywhere in our house, right? They, we've got them on all the time. The kids are running around with our flashlights. This is just a few of the ones we have because I also have three kids, which means half of the flashlights we own, we can't find. And then the other half of the flashlights we own <coughs> don't work. But we have them. We have them everywhere. I'm not sure, I'm not sure where they got this fascination from, um, but this is my flashlight. And so we have flashlights everywhere in our home. We've got them on the bedside tables. We've got them on, on you know, the mantles. They've, they've got them in their bed. They're reading them. They're using them. They're reading them at night. But what I notice often uh, as, as they have the flashlights, they're also running around the house with them on in the middle of the day. And so we start yelling at them because the flashlights all work, but batteries aren't cheap, right? And so they're running around the house with them on day. I, I wanted to show you this one real quick. So this is Emma. Check out this one. It shines up. Can you see that? Okay. It, it shines, but it also, it also like glows. If you're working on your car, you can borrow your kid's flashlight and stick this thing up like this. I mean, it is impressive. Impressive. Um, so if you need one to work on your car, this is, a, um, this is a frozen one. Frozen one. It doesn't sing. Praise God. Praise God. It doesn't sing to you. Um, but if you need a flashlight to work on your car and to entertain your kids, I suggest this one. But what I've realized is that they like to run around with these flashlights all the time, no matter when it is, even in the middle of the day with all the lights on. You know, that's not what a flashlight's intended for. It's not intended to just be on out in the bright light. It's not intended to be on when all the lights are on. It's intended to be on when you can see it. It's intended to be on when it is dark. And if you give me five minutes of your time and a little leeway, um, which, sorry, I didn't mean that. Um, and I'm sorry at home if this doesn't quite come across the same way. Um, and I'm sorry for, for Emmett that I'm going to move around a lot. And I'm just mad, okay? Um, <laughs> in, in general, just want to apologize. But I want to take just a minute and I want to talk about what it really means <coughs> to be the light of the world. Don't worry, I'm not leaving. So I'm going to, it's going to get dark. Okay. Dear Lord, help us, Lord. Emmett, can you, can you turn those off for me? So flashlights aren't meant to be used in the daytime. When I turned that flashlight on originally, you didn't really see it, right? You saw a little bit, but but it didn't help you see anything. It just was kind of there. Often what we do as Christians is we want to turn our lights on when we're all together. When we, we come to church, we come to Bible study, we come to worship nights, or we gather as a church, we'll turn our light on and, and we will talk about the things of Jesus and we will talk about what Jesus did in our day. But in the place that it's needed, is where we're called to put it on. See, because this flashlight 
is actually way brighter when it's in the darkness, right? Here, I'm going to get back up. Let me just leave it on there. So this is meant to be used in the dark places. When, when Jesus is talking there, he says, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill that can't be hidden. You don't light your lamp and then hide it. You light your lamp so people can see it. In our house, they're running around, and I'm telling them, I'm yelling at them. But I don't yell at you guys often, right? I'm yelling at them, shut your light off, shut your light off. This is not needed because what? We have lamps on all over the place. It's not needed. But the world is a dark place. The world is full of depression. It's full of anxiety. It's full of hatred. It's full of anger. It's full of perversion. That is where we're called to turn our light on. So one of the revelations that God really gave me as we were as we were walking through this, as I was reading through this, is if Jesus was a little more southern, and if you study the Greek, you'll see that what he really says is y'all are the light of the world. He says y'all are the light of the world. A city on a hill. A city on a hill is not one person. Often when we get in these dark places, we try to battle them ourselves. But what I began to realize is that that's not the case. That's not the case. We're not called to fight them by ourselves. See, we're called to fight them together, just like you know, Jesus said he did in um, his – because, see, look, if, if I turn my light on, you know there's lots of good light around. We, we begin to have this idea of – and we begin to like this room up. It's just – it's not true. We, it's So if I'm standing in the dark and Christian is standing in the dark and he turns his flashlight on, we have a little more light. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. See, if he's really focused on that, then it's going to make a little more sense. Jenny, you got your flashlight? You got to stand up. Who else has got a flashlight? <laughs> if you have a flashlight on your phone, I want you like you to stand up and turn it on. dark, then dark doesn't work. When you turn your light on together, the darkness begins to be overwhelmed. So now I can begin to see the faces and I can begin to see what's going on. And this is what we're actually called to do. We're called to be the city on the hill. We're called to light our lights, not when it's convenient, not when it's easy, not in the nice bright places, but in the middle of the darkness. We're supposed to contend in the world. It says that we don't fight against each other, we don't fight against flesh, we fight against the principalities and the darknesses in this world. This is what it means to be the light of the world. In John 3.16, right after, it says that Jesus is light. He came so that it would expose the darkness and so that people would come to him. That is the light. We have it every Sunday. It's right there. It, it, we, it's a representation of, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. It's always lit. And he lives inside of us. So when we light ourselves in the dark places, we begin to reach people. Because there are people that are living next to you. There are people in your family. There are people in the grocery store. There's, there's people we come across on the sides of the street who are, who are, are just begging for food and are in, in need of something greater than just a food bank. We live in a world that is full of hurt and hurting that needs the light of Jesus. It needs us to step into the room 
because I want us to think through, I want us to keep going through thinking that this is not by me. This is not by you. This is meant for us to do together. Jesus never sends you out by yourself. He always sends you out as a church, as a community. In Acts, when they gathered together, when they listened to the prophets, when they had nothing, when they lacked nothing from each other, it says that their numbers grew and they multiplied because they brought them in together. That is us. You are that community. You are us. And I want to challenge you to step in and know. Step in and know You have called us. You have ordained us. You have equipped us to be the light in the darkness. Lord, I just pray for each and every person in this room, Lord, that that they would step out in boldness, that they be willing to contend for you. Lord, they would be willing to contend for your kingdom. That they would be willing to speak the truth in love. That they would be willing to speak grace. They would be willing to speak forgiveness, they would be willing to speak redemption to people, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts, you would open up our minds, Lord, that you would equip us, Lord, that you would help us to be bold, that we would step into your word, your truth, and be the light in the darkness. inkling earlier that I was supposed to share this. Uh, There are probably not, there are probably people who are not ugly criers, (coughs) and I apologize because I'm going to share this. Um, I had a, I I know it was a prophetic dream, and it really was. Um, You know, I had been praying for Rama when I woke up, and uh, prayed and prayed and prayed and then I fell asleep and I had a dream that I went to the hospital to see Raymond and uh, I'm going to spare a lot of the details but when I got there I was afraid to see him and uh, so I went into another room and it looked a lot like that uh, conference room off of Pastor Billy's office. It had uh, Walgreens is calling me. I don't know why. Uh, so um, I knew he was coming in the room to see me, and I was afraid to see him. So I ducked into a cupboard on the side of the the room, and uh, there was a lot of stuff in there on the shelves. So there wasn't quite a lot of room for me to duck in there. So I, I hid in the cupboard. And I was pulling the, the door over as far as it would close. It was open about a foot. And I looked out, and there was Melissa Miller standing there. <laughs> and behind her was Billy. And, oh. So suddenly Raymond came in the room, and I knew he was behind that door. And I came out and stepped out. And I put my hands on him, and I said, I don't actually know where your liver is located. 
or my just lay hands on you and then you can pray. And I did, and I believe and I believe that the Lord actually did restore him with it in that prayer. When I woke up that morning, I one of our my readings was Joel two, where it says that your old men will dream dreams. And I believed that that was the Lord confirming to me that it was the word of the Lord. But interestingly enough, and this is where I'm sharing this with you, is having to do with the word. When I called Leslie and I told her the dream, she said, why were you in the cover? She had time to step out of the cover. And and so this is where I believe this is a word of the Lord for us. That it's time for us to step out of the cover. I heard an interesting word talking about salt and light. And the pastor said, you know, salt is created so that you sprinkle it. When you sit down and you have your plate, you take the salt shaker and you sprinkle it all over your food. You don't just pour it in a pile on the plate, on the side. And the church has been poured in a little pile on the side of the plate for way too long. And it is time for us to go out and sprinkle ourselves, sprinkle our light, sprinkle ourselves into a spirit to step out of the cover and do what the Lord is calling us to do.